Hi, welcome to episode 77 of Talk About the Passion, Restless Movement in an Empty Room. My guest today is Brian Gaffey. Brian is the host of the podcast End on End, which is covering the entire Discord Records catalog, album by album. Brian, along with his co-host Jeff Kaplan, do an amazing job getting into every little detail about each of these records, as well as uh, what they refer to as Discord uh, adjacent records, like bands like Swizz and Kingface, uh, and along with uh, some amazing interviews with just about anyone you can think of from that label. Their chemistry is great, and I'd highly recommend checking it out, even if you have a passing interest in the music on Discord. The, the journey that label takes from that first Teen Idol single to the, the most recent Soulside single from 2020 is so vast, um, I'm looking forward to taking the journey with them. One of the things I looked forward to uh, most uh, talking to Brian was talking to a fellow podcaster. I've been at this for a few years now and have a few friends who are uh, using this media, and I haven't really discussed the actual process of podcasting with any of them. So it was nice to talk shop, if you will, with Brian about his process. We uh, also talk about his early days going to shows at the Wilson Center in D.C., uh, to what it's like, uh, what it's been like talking to all these different players in the Discord world. Uh, Brian was a great guest, and I highly recommend that podcast, End on End. Uh, there's there's a ton of those to binge right now, and they're they're all long episodes, so it's there's a lot there. Uh, great stuff. This is the first episode I've done via Zoom, and I hope to do more of these moving forward. Uh, thank you, uh, Brian, for help setting that up. Um, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an upcoming episode. I'm on social media on Facebook and Instagram, and those are always pretty current. And if you have an idea for an episode or are interested in being on one, send me a message there and say hello. Well, here we go with episode 77 with Brian Gaffey. Thank you for listening. So I am here uh, joined by Brian Gaffey this evening from the End on End podcast. How are you this evening? Good, man. I really appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a little while now. And uh, so can you explain what your, what, the, 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 what your podcast does, what you do in your podcast? No. <laughs> no <I'm just> <laughs> yeah, I, we spend way too many hours each episode talking about uh, one, one release at a time from the Discord label. And we go in order, so... We're up to Discord 25 right now, yeah. but that's including all the fractional releases as well, the halves and quarters and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so you have a bunch of like the, so you're probably 40 or so episodes in now or a little we, over 30? 48, I think. I think 49 is coming out Monday, next nice. Monday. Yeah. And, that, and that'll be uh, Scream? Yeah, Bang, bang in the Drum. The drum. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, I hear you've got a history with Scream. Yeah, yeah, big big fan, and I, I interviewed Pete when I was uh, like fifteen. Oh, that's and great. then I just uh, did uh, Skeeter had was on here. Right, uh, I just started that episode. A while ago. Yeah, yeah it was it was really nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that that was fun. Yeah. Um, so I a podcast I, I another one I watch is uh, 
Danny O uh, says so. Oh, right. Uh, uh-huh. Dan O'Mahony. He, yeah. yeah. So he had uh, Ian McKay on a while back. And that Ian, was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Ian was talking about sort of the, the importance of documenting all that stuff and, and cataloging. He, you know, he has the history of everything mm-hmm. and, uh, and especially punk and hardcore music and the underground music because it's kind of ignored by the mainstream. So do you think that like, as your time spent in the, in the hardcore scene as a kid in the punk scene and the DIY ethic kind of, uh, informs how you're doing this podcast now? Oh, absolutely. It, it informs everything I do in my life really. Like, yeah. And it, it, doing the podcast has been a great reminder of that and reflection of that going back to all, you know, these formative years when I was going to see these bands and going to, uh, you know, just figuring life out and having these role models, having these people I looked up to, but that treated me as equals. It was huge. And yeah, from everything with how, how I deal with money to how, not that the podcast makes money, right, right, right. <laughs> but you know, how I think about the world around me and how I walk in this world. Yeah. It's, it's made a huge, huge, huge impact. And yeah, it's, it's, it's important to document. It's, you know, something that over the years at one point, you know, I'll admit I probably went through a phase where I thought of it as my, my young, you know, what you do when you're young. Right. And no, you know, it's, it's, it's been nice seeing so much, so many documentaries, so many podcasts, so many books come out. Books and yeah. Yeah. Cause it really reinforces that it's not just, of course it start, you know, hardcore started as a youth movement, but it doesn't have to end there. Yeah, definitely. And documentation's super important. You know, when I went to discord to visit, uh, Ian a few months ago, <laughs> he is like famous for this. Like I interviewed him when I was 14, the first time as the first person I ever interviewed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It meant so much to me. He even, uh, you know, little things like he, he knew I t- took public transportation to get there, drove, drove me home all the way to my house in Virginia oh, wow. and his, his old duster and, you know, little gestures like that were super huge. And, you know, what I was getting to is that, uh, on this last visit, you know, he, he's such a crazy archivist that he's like, okay, let's go to this box over here. He's like, so you did yet another unslanted opinion zine, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, Okay, here's number one, here's number two, here's number oh, three. And he's pulling them out. He's like, Well, there's me on the cover. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and not only that, he he uh then he goes and he pulls out the very first handwritten letter I wrote him, starts oh, wow. reading it off to me. And really? Like, does it sound like you? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. I've yeah, I've heard he does that to people. That's it's pretty amazing. It is that he, that he has all that stuff. So, yeah. so, so 1984, you're, you're interviewing Ian. Um, so, so when, when did you get into music? You, you grew up in the DC area. Well, I grew up in uh, Virginia beach. Okay. So it was cool to hear your interview with, what is it? Was it Nate from Converge? 
Yeah, Nate Newton. Yeah. 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 It, it was cool to hear that he was from there too. I didn't know that. So uh yeah, I grew up I was I was there till I was about thirteen. Then we moved to Northern Virginia right outside of DC. And I spent that most of my formative years there. Okay. Yeah. And and music got into your life pretty was it pretty early on? Yeah, it was it it music was huge to me from as early as I could remember. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you why, but right. I was just drawn to it. My parents weren't especially uh into music. They've gone to maybe four concerts between them. But, you know, my dad had a few al- albums and I would study them. You know, the I remember Led Zeppelin 3 album with the mm-hmm. the, the wheel crazy cover, the wheel yeah. cover. I'd go, you know, look at that couple early Santana records. But he had more like ELO things like that. And you know, I I just ate it all up, but more than anything, I remember when I was as early as I can remember, probably four or five, we would have like a little AM radio. And whenever the Beatles came on, that that was my jam from oh yeah. From way back then. And as far as moving forward a little, when I was around seven years old, my, my parents saw how much I liked music. And so we'd go to like I think it was Kmart. They had a whole music section at that point. Oh, right. Albums and whatnot. And they're like pick out two albums and we'll buy them for you. So I picked out two, one, because they were both double albums and two, like one was kiss alive Two. Okay. And of course it was the imagery and all that. I had to know what this music sounded like. Yeah. And I was hooked, you know, at that age. And then the other was Saturday night fever soundtrack. I love, I love, I love that soundtrack. Yeah. 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 And I don't, I, it'd be hard for me to explain exactly how, but both those albums probably uh, carried with me as far as, uh, you know, my musical DNA, as far as what I did playing music later too. (laughs) Not that I played disco or hard rock or anything. Right. But that was, yeah, it's funny though, the, the uh, podcast I put up last night with uh, Steve Brooks from Torch, his first record was alive too. And he even has uh he posted he had a picture. He has the actual copy he got on Christmas. Oh, he so still he, does. That's great. Yeah. So he posted a picture of that as well as him holding it on Christmas, like in 1979 or whatever it was. Oh, that's so excellent. That's crazy. But I, I think that's funny. I didn't. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was great. You know, it had the the big full color booklet. It came with rough off tattoos. It's yeah, like, the tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> it's not to like about that as a kid. You know. When did you start to find punk and that, and that kind of music? Um, I, I'm going to have to say that I heard some like early punk, like on a, you know, on one of the FM stations, but more new wave than anything at first. But I would see like on Donahue and shows like that, they would have little segments about punk rock or interview some people. And I was intrigued. And, you know, when I'd go to the bookstore, I would pour through the, uh, you know, the books about music and there'd be sections with, you know, the Sex Pistols and Ramones in it. And I'd be like, man, I want to hear what these guys sound like. And so... 
you know, I was curious, but like I said, I found my way through stuff like psychedelic furs and Adam and the ants, that sort of thing. And then I, when I was 12, I would say maybe between 12 and 13, yeah, I had, uh, on the school bus, there's this crazy bunch of kids that were, uh, skaters and kind of hellraisers and they had a they would bring a boom box on the bus and they were playing like early black flag and stuff and oh, wow. i was like man that stuff's so abrasive what is that yeah at first it didn't even sound like music it just sounded just yeah yeah it's like the the energy and the anger was indisputable but the it was just so foreign to hearing you know when you're here used to hearing journey and foreigner and stuff like that so you know, I got intrigued and, and, you know, so I discovered skateboarding and, and, uh, punk rock at the same time. Yeah. And they kind of educated me, these, these group of kids into the, uh, initiated me in a way into what hardcore was all about. They're like, okay, this negative approach record, this is what you want. Sex pistols. That's punk rock. That's different. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you that's know, cool. Yeah. Do you know what the Do you know what the first uh, what that Black Flag song was that you heard first, or what else? was it? Damaged, maybe. I'm gonna say it most likely was the Damaged album. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it was Rollins singing. I could be wrong, but you know they had t they were playing tapes and they started making me tapes and stuff, and then I you know so then I eventually saved my money and bought stuff like. TSOL and fear and through stuff like that and dead Kennedys started finding my way into the music, the, the, the bands that I really enjoyed, you know, those bands were all right. But once I found minor threat, once I found a uh, negative approach for that matter, oh, yeah. like we said, yeah. you know, all that stuff, this is Boston, not LA when that came out, you know, all that stuff. Was there a, uh, particular record store that you would visit to get all this kind of stuff? Oddly, the first place I got some of that was at a store in a mall. Yeah. It was like a mall record store. I can't remember the name, but then, then in Virginia, we, one, once we moved, once I did move to Northern Virginia around 13, there was a place called Penguin Feathers and a place called Olson's Books in Georgetown. Okay. That, that uh, always had like all the latest you know both stuff from here and the imports from england all that okay and, and i would you know i'd get lunch money from school <laughs> and i wouldn't i would I, I learned from one of my friends i would eat ketchup and relish packets <laughs> instead of eating <laughs> buying a lunch <laughs> so, so you I could buy, buy a seven inch. yeah that's yeah that's awesome nice <laughs> oh yeah that's cool yeah, do you have any of this do you have any of those original records still God, I wish I did. I, I, I must have a handful, but over the years, I made the mistake at different times of of selling records for rent money or this. I or did that. that too. Yeah. Yeah. My regret is I sold a copy of the Kids Wild They'll Say a few oh, years ago, and it was it was it was sealed too. And really? I, you know, wow. yeah, and because I, I was waiting to kind of get back into records and and. Uh, buy a turntable and I hadn't in years. So I, mm -hmm. I ended up selling that. That was my one. So the, the only like 
big okay. one I still have is uh, SOA. I still have the no policy oh, seven inch. And I, nice. I, and I got that way later. I, I think I bought it for like fifty dollars at a record show in like probably late eighties. So it was okay. expensive, but not as expensive as it is now. <laughs> oh, I know. I remember seeing it in like eighty four, eighty five for like ten or fifteen dollars, and being like, yeah. "Oh, that's ridiculous." Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. But I had misfit seven. Yeah, I just oh, yeah. ended I up selling a lot too. of that stuff. Yep, me whatever. too. So. I still have my copy of Flex Your Head. Oh, nice. SSD, Get It Away. Those two. I have Get It Away. Huge yeah. for me. Yeah. What uh, cover of the Flex Your Head do you have? Well, I don't have the original or even the second. I think it's the one with the uh, three X's and the lines. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, the black and okay. white one. Yeah. Nice. Which was which was another element of punk that. You know, that was when I started realizing, hey, this is made by people close to my age, and it's very inclusive. Like from Virginia Beach, uh, before I moved up to around the DC area, I had uh, I was studying the big pullout poster that came with Flexure Head, and I saw that Void Void on there had their phone number. So I'm like this young kid, and I I call it up just to see if they'll answer, and they did, and and they were super cool. they were like. Oh, you're in Virginia Beach. You know, do you think you could get us a show down there? You know, yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, maybe. I don't <laughs> That's know. <awesome. laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know who it was that answered? I, I don't. I feel like it was probably Chris, the bass yeah. player, and one of the other yeah. guys was there too. I think it was. Uh, oh Christ! I'm spacing on the name. The singer John. I think John was there too. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a preference for the Faith Void album? I know most people like the Void side. I know. I hate to be. I, I, I hate to be one of the crowd, but I'm gonna have to say Void as well. I mean, I love the Faith. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's just such heavy cup company to be on there with Void. That thing is just. It sounds teleported from another dimension, yes. like some Lovecraftian madness. I, I love that. I go back and forth, but I, f I feel like the the, uh, the void side is sort of the more important because I, I, I love the faith side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think the the subject to change is sort of when they hit oh, their, yeah. uh, and that's that's one of my that's one of my top Discord records. I think. Yeah, I just five, recently, I recently, very <clears throat> recently, rebought the a shirt of the cover of that subject. Oh, to nice. Change. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, subject to change is yeah, it's next level. And that's kind of the beginning of what became the whole revolution summer sound in a way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so do you, do you remember the, the first uh, DC hardcore show that you went to? Yeah. Well, oddly enough, uh, uh, void played the first, first one I saw there. Okay. I, I want to say it was void marginal man. And if I'm not mistaken, a band called tales for terror, Tales, Tales, Tales of, Terror. of Terror. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, it was wild. It was in the Wilson Center, a famous place that was the basement of this uh, church there, and yeah, like I had dreams the night before about going, like not knowing what the hell I was going to walk into, if I was going to survive the night. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know. Yeah. And did you go with these? Did you go with your the friends that you were? That you were no, those guys? no. Oh, okay. I, I think so. my mom dropped me off, and I just yeah. oh, dove wow. in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was great. I mean, Void were everything you would want them to be live. It was 
just full on. It was so good. Nice. What, what, so what's the, what was the Wilson Center like? That, that venue, it's a very famous uh, yeah. DC venue. Yeah, there's this relatively large, like really large basement with, you know, columns here and there and a, a stage, not very tall, but, you know, there was a stage like kind of way against the back wall. And depending on who played or how crowded it was, it would it would get so hot in there that like the walls would start sweating and sometimes be dripping off the ceiling onto you. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I feel like we probably all experienced that in some of the, the clubs. Uh, the Rat was like that too yeah, up here. Oh, I've heard of the Rat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the Youth Today show where they, they shot the the album cover that don't uh, break down the walls record. Oh, yeah. I remember that show being extremely hot. In there, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so was that DC show? We were like immediately like, I'm in now. Like when you left that show, you're like, this is kind of what I want to yes. do. Yes. I didn't know how, I, since I didn't know, I mean, I, I probably talked to a person or two there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I was just taking it all in and I did want, I wanted more. I wanted to know what it was all about. And I mean, I had an idea cause I did have, like I said, flex your head. I had out of step, uh, the first scream album, maybe by that point, maybe not, maybe I was about to, but anyway, you know, it, so I was getting a sense of what it was all about. And it was interesting. Like, you know, there, of course, were the, the punks there with the leather jackets and Mohawks, but there's also, you know, the DC, you know, the people in the bands and the people in that part of the scene, you know, were in sweaters and, and button up shirts and things. So I was like, Oh, okay. This is different. Okay. Yeah. It was almost more, made it more relatable. I thought like when oh, you would go sure. to a show at first and go, Oh, everyone doesn't have Mohawks. It's just like a guy, like I would see at the gas station or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which was definitely made an impression on me. And yeah, and after I went to a couple more, started meeting people, and uh, you know, a couple, and started going to shows with friends from school. You know, that's when we started wanting to do our own zine to kind of have an excuse to talk to the bands and interact. Because I was never one of those uh, kids that felt comfortable just approaching uh, people otherwise without a, you know, I thought I'd be annoying them and. And I loved on your episode about where number 31, where your friend was interviewing you, you mentioned, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned about social anxiety and things. And I I've had that, you know, yeah. forever. I, yeah. It's amazing that I talk for hours and hours like, I know, right? on podcasts. <laughs> I know. I know. I, 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 when I think back to when I, cause I did a zine as well. And when mm -hmm. I think back, like, uh, I, th I think I talked about it on that podcast was I around the same time, 1984. And my friend and I went up to Keith Morris after a circle jerk show. And I would say, Hey, can we interview you? And he was like, yeah, man, just come back here. And I just remember like, I, I can't imagine it. And I did that with all these different artists yeah. for like a few years. And, uh, and now when I, you know, now doing this podcast now, I, you know, I'm like, if I should write this guy, he's probably just going to be like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, yeah, still, you know, it's still up. But back then, for whatever reason, I was 14 and I was like, whatever. Yeah, hey. So, but uh, yeah, you never know. Oh yeah. And it, it totally made my day when 
I, I think there's like a live recording of one of the Rites of Spring shows and and at one of them uh, in between songs, like Guy is saying, uh, okay, and, you know, we're tuning right now, but for all you guys out there, there's a new new issue of yet another unslanted opinion. You should go out and get it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. So, so you interviewed a lot of the DC bands or did you do national yeah. bands as well that came Mostly through town? or a little bit. We did a couple out of town bands like Seven Seconds and um, a couple through the mail, some European bands. But yeah, I mean, primarily interviewing the DC bands. And then later, people like Rollins and Meat Puppets, things like that. But yeah, that, you know, that, that scene in general. And yeah, you know, and I started playing music right away when I got into punk. And, you know, my first DC show playing, playing, playing a show was opening for Ian's band Embrace. Yeah. And I heard you talking about that. And That's pretty just like, crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Thinking was, back, I'm like, how did I even. <laughs> you know, right. I, uh, I, I was bummed because that, that Dag Nasty and Embrace were supposed to play Boston famously and with Slapshot. Oh, mm-hmm. And uh, they canceled. I think they broke up or, or whatever. Yeah, Embrace uh, broke he up. He told the story. Yeah. Yeah. But Dag- seeing Dag Nasty was amazing. So I kind of missed a lot of those bands by like a year, like Minor Threat and even like DYS when they were doing hardcore. Right. So all those bands had kind of started doing metal or more metal stuff. That's right. That was a big so, thing. So I think when, that, when Dag Nasty came through, and bands like Slapshot, I thought, even though I had seen a lot of great stuff in 1984, like that era, 85, 86, I felt like this is probably what it was like in the 81, 82, when people were seeing like the minor threat and the bad brain and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, so I, I thought, but uh, Dagnasty brought that yeah, for me. Yeah, the same kind of energy, yeah. And just seeing Brian Baker, you know, I was like, oh my God, that's the guy, Brian Baker. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And... Uh, oh, speaking of that, like the very first weekend we moved to Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. my mom, t- uh, I begged my mom and we went to a record store and I saw a flyer for the very last Minor Threat show, which I didn't know, of course, and it wasn't, say- it didn't say the last show, but I was like, mom, please, please take me in. You know, I was 13 and she was like, no, I'm not going to take you to the heart of DC. You don't you right. <laughs> later. She did, but you yeah. know, yeah, I, that's one of those things I regret minor threat and the big boys and trouble funk. That would have been something. Oh yeah. That was that show. Yeah. Trouble funk. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That would have been yeah. a good, uh, bragging rights. Oh my God, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got void. So that's uh, true. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Um, so the, the revolution summer was, was the, the scene there sort of getting a little more violent? And, and so people kind of were sort of moving away from that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that that was kind of part of the impetus. Like, from what I understand, you know, I was a little bit younger, but I was going to all the shows and talking to some of those people. But, you know, yeah, apparently the scene got bigger, hence more people coming just to you know, just for the scene and just to kind of get drunk and cause trouble or something. And, you know, between that and a lot of the first wave of DC bands had broken up 
either just out of personal differences or as I'm discovering through the interviews, a lot of them were, you know, just graduating high school. So a lot of the kids went to college. So that broke up a lot of bands. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, you know, yeah, so Revolution Summer was kind of this resurgence, like they're, them deciding to kind of redefine, redefine what punk meant to them, still yeah. play just as intense, but play, not have to play by the numbers thrash to do it and to do it to, to smaller, more uh, intimate and, uh, and uh, down to earth type of audiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. And the lyrical theme started to get a little more personal which yeah. i think ian started doing a little on uh, on out of step just a little more uh true it wasn't just like straight edge lyrics and and sort of teenage angst it seemed like a little more grown up almost which is mm -hmm. crazy to think <clears throat> that he was writing that kind of stuff at was probably 18 or 19 when yep. out of step was recorded so yeah like yeah i think you're right 18 yeah. or 19 one of them yeah 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 it's so, wild <laughs> yeah so those, those shows were were famous for for like a rights of spring was famously uh like an amazing band to see live yeah yeah, yeah. it was absolutely i mean to this day like uh, being 50 now i still count at least one of those rights of spring shows is one of the top three shows i've seen of any type of music in my life yeah was that because of like the, the soul and, and just the emotion of that and I mean, yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, between just the amount of sweat and energy they put into every note and into every aspect of the sound to yeah. the uh, audience just losing their shit over it and, and not in a typical uh, slam dance hit and stage dive type of way. People were just genuinely moved by what was happening and, just, you know, <clears throat> like all the best shows, the the band and the crowd feeding off each other, and you know, culminating at at the end of this one show where, you know, it's the very beginning of spring and just the energy was so high already because of this talk of Revolution Summer and Right to Spring plays this show and uh, you know plays amazing and just you know every show there'd be broken guitars and and you know the band flying around and then like by the end of it the this, the song was over. It was end on end, and uh, and the crowd just would not stop chanting this whole uh, kind of sing along verse or part that's not on the recording, but yeah. that the crowd just would spontaneously start singing. Oh wow! Nice. And it went on for minutes to where like the band was done, but the crowd just was still in that state. And in the crowd, that's including. You know, I saw Ian running around singing. I saw everybody just like so into it. And uh, then the band comes on and plays for another, you know, jumps back into the song for a little bit. It was, uh, it was so good. So from then on, uh, Discord Records um, starts putting out a little more interest. I mean, everything's great on that label, I think, for 99% of the, the releases right. on there, uh, at least that I've heard. Um, but at that point, stuff started getting a little more interesting. Mm -hmm. and different and uh what were some of your your favorite bands from, from that time period from the mid 80s yeah uh, i mean my all-time favorite album on discord <laughs> would be the rights of spring lp yeah. mm -hmm. you know uh but 
they were just hitting their stride as a label. I mean, that first Dag Nasty album, the yeah. Scream This Side Up, uh, the Embrace album. I mean, all that stuff was so good. Uh, you know, and then later down the line, my favorite Discord band is the subject of my other podcast, Lungfish. Oh, yeah. Just such a different vibe altogether from anything that was going on. But yeah, I mean, there's it, it's a testament to Ian's uh, vision and inclusiveness that they could put out something like Scream that went in a very rock and roll direction. And then also something like Ignition, which was just raw punk. And then on the other hand, something like Lungfish or, you know, and not every band had to be straight edge. Not, not every band had to sound a certain way. It was just like what was happening locally that was interesting and vital. Yeah. So when, when so when you decided to do this podcast, um, were, were there other podcasts that you were listening to that, that kind of gave you the, the, like just to want to discuss music and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I mean. Or radio just, and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, podcasts really uh, made a mark on me. You know, God, I'm trying to think, it's going back about 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, I, was, I love the format of just an extended conversation. Yeah. It, it's so, it, for a while, I listened to podcasts more than music. Yeah, same here. I, yeah. That's what I listen to sort of exclusively in the car when I, I, yeah. I have about a 45-minute drive to work, so... Mm-hmm. So your podcast I'll listen to over a, a couple of days, you know, on the way. I was going to say, it takes me a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I listen to, I like the open-ended ones. So I, I like that you do these sort of longer episodes. Yeah. Too, so. yeah, I just like to see where things can go and with that much time to to kind of percolate a conversation. And, and yeah, you're saying, do I listen to the other music ones? I definitely listen to a lot of them. Uh, I listen to all kinds of subjects like yourself. I'm big into comedy too. So there's some yeah. comedy podcasts, but the, the one that inspired me is one that I think you mentioned as well. Uh, you don't know Mojack, which goes to oh, yeah. the SST yeah. catalog. I was like, that's a great idea. And I actually wrote them uh, to, to make sure they were cool with me doing their oh, the same sort of, yeah. <laughs> with nice. Discord. They're, they're definitely, they're good dudes. I, I yeah, they absolutely uh, are. I, I don't envy them because at some point they're going to get into oh, some really... Uh, they're going to get into <laughs> the weeds, yeah. <laughs> There's like 11 great game albums in a row or, or something oh, or, yeah. or whatever. And uh, But yeah, it's cool. I, I love it. And they, they have some great... Uh, they've interviewed almost everyone on there at this point, right. it seems. Yeah. Aside from maybe Rollins and Gin himself. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah. So they're great. And we've talked about with them, hopefully we will soon put out a uh episode together. We're all in it together. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they do those sort of long intros too, so I I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of one of my favorite parts. They're uh Yeah, same here, yeah. They've got good uh good chemistry, those two. Yeah. Yeah, you've had a couple different uh, hosts now. You had mm-hmm. a, a host uh, originally, and then you switched to uh, Jeff, the current host. Uh-huh. And um, how, how do you know him? Well, it, it's it's funny. So the first host, co-host, was uh, my friend Aldred, who I met through my son, my older son. It's uh, one of his friends that's a musician as well, and 
he kind of adopted me as his surrogate dad, music dad. So, oh, nice. All right. Uh, yeah. I like those episodes because he didn't see it. I think he didn't. At first, I was like, oh, I don't think he, he knew much about this stuff. But it was no, cool. No, he because, doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was I think that was part of the charm of it. I liked that. I thought it was cool. So, yeah, that, that was the idea at first to have me who was there going to the show, seeing the bands, has some history with it. And then, and then this guy, uh, this guy significantly younger that who this music almost exclusively is all new to him and to get his, his point of view. And it worked for a while. It was cool. And he's a great guy, but you know, he just couldn't commit to the schedule and, and for different reasons, but you know, we're still good friends. And Jeff came along because he had done bef- he had done a few years back a uh, a blog about trying to do what we're doing on the show where oh, he right. would blog about each release oh so, nice yeah so he wrote me when he saw the podcast and we we got a correspondence going and then once it it became clear that me and Aldred the original host weren't going to keep going I had a couple people in mind for potential co-host and I'd never met Jeff in my life or even talked to him other than messaging, but I put it out there to, to give it a shot. And, you know, I'm so happy that. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ben was great. Uh, when he yeah. Ben's hilarious. The, the He's a good guy. I thought he was, he was fun. And uh, doing the, like uh, reading the maximum rock and roll reviews. Yeah. That was, a, that was a cool edition. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool to do that. So, um, so are there um, ones you're looking forward to doing, like upcoming ones that you're psyched to do? Well, originally I was really excited for when we'd get to Lungfish, but yeah. since I <laughs> since I started doing a podcast about them anyway, yeah, yeah. I kind of got that out of the way. Although, of course, we'll cover them. Um, but yeah, you know, I've th- there's a string of really good ones coming up. You know, uh, I do love Scream, who's coming up that. Then we've got uh, uh, Shudder to Think's coming up, and there's a huge Shudder to Think fan. I'm going to talk to the singer. I'm a singer. Shudder fan. What's that? I'm a, I'm a huge Shudder to Think fan. Oh, yeah. So yeah. good. So, such yeah. an innovative band, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? The Fugazi ones, of course. I, I, we're working on a, a really good guest for that one. I'll keep keep that secret until it happens but yeah that one yeah how has it been uh coordinating like getting uh guests it seemed like most of the the you've, you've had some amazing uh people on so it's cool to to yeah. see you're getting like all these great people yeah i've been lucky um at first it was just cold calling i mean not calling of course like through facebook or through email just kind of seeing if someone will be up for it and once i got a couple of the the you know i'm sure you're seeing the same thing once you get a couple names that people recognize and that people that other musicians are like oh okay uh so and so did it i you know yeah Yeah. you must be all right so i'll do it yeah yeah exactly i was gonna say uh how many this there's 161 discord releases is that what it is i think i I, want to say one 191. 191. Yeah, 191. All right. So, so today <laughs> I sort of did some loose math on that. And, and I realized. Give or take 40, 30, yeah. 40. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are on number 25. So 
I've got some I, time ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, I think I figured out you'd be maybe done by 2026. <laughs> wow. See, I've been afraid to do the actual math. I've thought about it. <laughs> but this yeah. This is just, yeah. I mean, this was just quick, so I, I could be way off. But, no, um, it's probably fairly accurate. And yeah. by then, they'll have had, they're putting stuff out much uh, slower these days, but they're still putting stuff out. So we'll see. They'll probably be past 200 at that point. At yeah, least. by that point, yeah. I love that last, uh, the Soul Side single they put oh, out. Oh, it's great, great, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And the song that's not on the actual <clears throat> record, the the third yeah, that, song is that one, next of, one. Yeah, it's like maybe yeah. I don't know about my favorite, but it's one of my favorite on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great band. I, I miss that band. I never saw them actually. Oh, uh, they're really um, good live. Yeah, yeah. I saw Seven League Boots a bunch because they were from Boston. Oh, right, they were from um, Boston. That's right. Yeah, and they did a reunion of uh, maybe five. 10 years at this point could have been 10, 10 years ago at this point but they did a reunion at one point that was uh was really good oh cool yeah one of my bands got to play with them in colorado and 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 i was really stoked when their cd came out and in the picture inside bobby's wearing uh my band's shirt I was like, oh, nice. yeah, cool <laughs> <laughs> so what was what was your band um at that point that band was called savalas Okay. We put a couple of seven inches out and just, uh, you know, we're a Colorado band. We toured around a little bit, but, you know, um, the singer went on to do some more stuff. This band, Angel Hair and uh, VSS, a couple of bands that did well. But uh, he's, he's a really good guy. This guy's Sonny. He's, he did our design for the, for the picture you see for the podcast. And oh, all right. yeah. yeah, he ended up, later on he's becoming a graphic artist guy he did all the mars a lot of the mars volta stuff and oh wow oh they have some really cool uh, yeah yeah and then records yeah he's got That's a cool. kind of cool modern psychedelic type of style yeah yeah um so you you also started doing a uh, a patreon for the, the podcast because you, mm -hmm. you do all because not only do you do uh the discord records you do the what you call discord discord adjacent records which we talked about a little at the beginning, which were like uh, someone like Swizz maybe or, or yep. bands like that or King Face that were on Exactly. There. And both of those are are on the on the books to to that are coming up for the Patreon episodes. Yeah, I'm excited for those. Moss Icon. Uh we'll do a couple more government issue ones for that. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know do you know why those bands never were on? Discord, like it's like Swizz, especially the, those two, especially especially mm -hmm. Swizz and uh, Kingface, seem like obvious. You would just assume. I know, I know. Be on Discord, and I mean Kingface are on that State of the Union compilation, but that's it. But it is it is surprising, especially them, since you know the very first band Ian was in was with their singer Mark. But I don't know. I, I just put it to probably. Uh, economics and that sort of thing. You know, by the mid mid eighties, Discord was doing okay, but they weren't able to put out stuff all the time. Yeah, a lot of you know, I'm hearing a lot of bands say that they went to another label or they didn't get their record out for a year because you know there's other things in the pipeline and Discord could only put out so much. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And this have there been. Uh... <clears throat> 
interviews you've done that we've been like, wow, this is amazing. I've got some really good yeah. stories that I, you know, that I didn't know about. And, oh, definitely. Just, and you know. there's always at least one of those moments for me in each episode. It seems like pretty much like, and, and little threads that tie things together that I didn't know back in the day. I mean, and I, I do know a lot about the dis, discord history, both from then and from, you know, whatever, reading all the, the interviews and books and stuff, but, but yeah, there, I mean, definitely, uh, I th I would say the first one that just blew me away that way was the one with, uh, Steve Hanskin played, played bass on, on, uh, out of step. Yeah. Yeah. His interview was just, he has an amazing memory. Him and next to Ian Mackay, him and Tom Lyle are just like, have these bear trap memories. Like, so it, it's, it's always a, you know, that's, you know, the cake interviews that you just get lucky to be able to speak to these people. Whereas there's some people that you talk to and it, you, you kind of have to nudge them and remind them. And, right. you know, they're, it's a long time ago. I get it. But, you know, it's just every person's different. But, yeah. you know, when that happens, I just try to get more of a personal story from the people instead of, uh, you know, yeah. facts about a release or whatever. Right. Stuff that you, people would actually know anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the uh, Jeff, I just listened to the Jeff Turner. Mm -hmm. um, I think Mark was, was Mark Haggerty on that one as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mark and Jeff. That one was really good. Yeah, and, yeah, Jeff's uh, a, Jeff was, he's a really articulate, and it's cool to hear he's still in his, in a real world way, you know, kind of defining his punk uh, roots, you know, doing union work and whatnot. Yeah, I know, right? I know, and I mean, I, uh, it's not, you know, when you think of Grey Matter, at least for me, I, I think of a great band, but I wouldn't assume that necessarily that that would be people that would, you know, 30, 40, 30 something years later, still be doing stuff really political or whatever. So yeah, those kind of things are inspiring to me, talking to people like that. Yeah. It's going to be cool to sort of pick uh, the brains of, uh, I mean, I, I feel that too when I interview some of them, but there, there must be some times when you're like, I'm interviewing yeah. this person whose music was like a big part of me, oh, yeah. even though they're kind of a contemporary and like, a lot of these guys are uh, not way older than us, you know? Um, yeah, just like four or five years, but at the time it seemed like <laughs> they were adults or whatever. But yeah, I mean, for sure, I, I think one of the, Biggest ones for me was uh, talking to Brendan from uh, Right to Spring and Fugazi. You know, his music, all of his projects just, you know, really were soundtracks to my life. So, yeah, it was hard to kind of talk to the person, not the, uh, you know, the creator, the right, mythical right. creator of these. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that Ian... And Jeff were able to curate this much amazing music through the years mm -hmm. and, and still like, you know, putting out relevant, good stuff and keeping the uh, discord name out there. Um, yeah. And curate's you know, a great word. Yeah. Yeah. Just having like stuff we never would have like shudder to think like who, who would have put those records out, you know? Right. And on discord, you know, it, especially when, 
you know, Discord already had a good 10, 12, 13, 14 records out before it started branching into more uh, different areas, more experimental areas. You know, people, I'm sure out of town people, when they saw a DC band coming to town, expected like, you know, minor threat, SOA, et cetera, type sounding band, and then they get shuddered to think. <laughs> I know. Although arguably their weirdest album is on Epic, the uh, True. Pony Express record. Which I, I agree. I love that record. Me too. Uh, that might be my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I found a copy of that on vinyl a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Uh, so, but, um, but yeah, it's amazing. What, what do you think is a test like why like why do you think that is does people trust ian and jeff and their in their vision just the integrity and yeah well i mean they because they've kind of delivered for so long i imagine because yeah and that it that's what one thing doing the podcast too that just still blows my mind that especially ian would have such long-range vision to from the get-go from 1980 putting out their first record to have this sense of what it meant you know what what he wanted to capture and the importance of documenting it and how to do it in a way that treated the musicians fairly that got it out there that created a, a sense of community a scene and connected it to the rest of the country you know it's 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 pretty amazing for a you know, he had to be 15, 16, maybe. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. I think some of the uh, guests you've had have talked about how they still get royalty checks for, you know, yeah, still, which is just crazy. And even people that were on, like, the Flex Your Head record get oh, yeah. royalty yeah. checks. He's, oh, he'll for track sure. people down. Yeah, he'll track people to other countries. He'll, like, you know, if, if he can't find their address, he'll do some research till he finds the people to give them their checks. You know, not many labels, even punk labels, maybe especially punk labels back then would do yeah. such. Oh yeah. He really is the only sort of person I think that has that, that kind of integrity and it's been there the whole time. Right. It's uh, and speaking to him and, and you've talked about this on the, the podcast, you know, people would probably, you know, what was Ian going to be on the podcast? But so explain why he's not necessarily hasn't been on there yet. Well, you know, I don't pretend to know Ian's mind, but, right. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but, you know, from what he's, he's told me like through writing, through some emails and through meeting them again, uh, he wants to let everyone else tell the story and he's willing to come on later like he wants to come on and fill in gaps that people didn't get to or the things that didn't get covered, but he wants to let the, the other musicians kind of tell the story is, you know, seems to be this, what I get. Although I was just talking to someone else today earlier, actually. And I think I'm going to push to see if I can get him for say the hundredth episode of our show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That could be a good, good place. At first, I really wanted him to come on early, of course, like anyone would, for Minor Thread or for any of that. But but it makes sense now. I'm, I'm glad I've been able to, you know, I've talked to, for some reason, I've talked to drummers from like almost every band. <laughs> yeah. And some of the uh, <laughs> other players, you know, some singers, guitarists, et cetera. But 
it's kind of funny. I've talked to pretty much every DC drummer, it feels like at this point, but it's great because it's people that who's part of the story you don't usually hear. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my thing. Like when you, when I kind of noticed that Ian wasn't on there, I said, well, I've heard 500 Ian mm -hmm. interviews and, yeah, and they're always, there. yeah. And they're always great. And, mm -hmm. uh, he's, and they're always different and he's going to have something different to say every time. Um, but like, I think it is worth it to have all these other, there's so many players involved in, in that label and in that music that, uh, yeah, the story can be told without him necessarily right away so yeah for is, sure that's... yeah i mean and yeah at first i was hope you know it would have been cool to get ian to get henry you yeah. know even dave Grohl because we did his early band but you know sometimes i think about it i'm like you know does the world need another dave Grohl on every documentary or <laughs> yeah. Ian or henry? yeah i mean i love i love all those guys but oh yeah yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. yeah. Did, uh, so, but Ian gave you his blessing. To, he did. To, he when did. you when you first brought this up to him. Oh yeah, definitely. He he. Yeah. I think he was cautiously optimistic, yeah. slightly skeptical at first, just to see what it what it you know how we went about it. But you know, yeah, he seems he seems on board, and he you know he's let us know if we have any any things that we're not sure about little details who contact him, whatever. So, yeah. Um, so as far as the discord catalog, have you literally listened to every single release that's on there? No. You and think? That's, yeah. That's what's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A little scary for a couple. Cause I, I'll tell you the nineties into the early two thousands, get a little scattershot like from what I, what I have checked in on in the past, but you know, with it, you know, peppered within that is all the Fugazis and the shutter early shutter yeah. thing and long fish. Yeah. So long there's, fish, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens through there, but yeah, there's a few bands I've never heard. Yeah. Especially cause I moved away from DC, DC area around 91, 92, definitely by 92. So I wasn't seeing all the bands live anymore, except on tour. Yeah. And, uh, but you go, you, you said you were back there recently or, or mm -hmm. talking to Ian with, uh, yeah, yeah. I went back to visit and saw some, you know, uh, some of my old friends and bandmates as well as some of the people I've interviewed when I uh, was visiting about, what was it? November. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so when you're going to record a new episode, of uh the podcast leading up to that do you spend like a, a bunch of time listening to the record over and over and kind of pouring over it yeah i really do and so does jeff which i really re i respect that he and he does more he research does those, than, yeah he does, he does all the great and stuff yep. yeah i love it yeah yeah he's good about that which i'm not so i i know some of those details but i'm not a detail oriented person i'm more of a uh, visceral and, uh, I don't know, uh, stream of consciousness guy, yeah. I guess. Whereas, I, I, yeah. I feel like he's more technical and you, you kind of do, you're more about the experience and the feeling mm -hmm. this music has given you. And so it's a, it's a good balance. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm blessed that Jeff, uh, Jeff ended up coming into it at the right time. Cause yeah, he's, I, I think he balances me really well. Yeah. And he, lo he loves getting into all the minutiae of details. So. 
So does that stuff bore you? No, it doesn't bore me. I, I think it, I think it's great that I'm always interested in it, in in hearing it too, or seeing it. I'm just not the guy that that's not the way my brain works. I, I was, you know, if you put it in music terms, like musician terms, I'm a uh, a, a player by ear. Like I know, you know, I learned theory by accident. I I kind of learned it through listening and through, uh, yeah, just through, uh, in, intuition versus, uh, pouring over music books type of player. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, as far as, um, like moving forward with it, do you have, um, you see, you were, you were going to start doing just three episodes a month now. You were doing them weekly. Yeah. We were and, doing uh, them weekly. Yeah. And now with, with, you know, taking on the the commitment to doing at least a couple Patreon things every month. I kind of, you know, I I do all the editing for the show and a lot of the legwork other than the detail stuff that Jeff does and the recording, of course. Uh, so it, you know, I I work two jobs and yeah, it's, it's a lot it's, of work. It's a lot yeah. of work. It's so many I hours. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially the night before. Uh, Oh yeah, you know sleepless nights. I try to, you know, I've been, I, I've tried to put them out on Tuesdays. That's been my thing, just because of. Uh, I started doing it as sort of a nod to that's when uh, new releases, releases used to come out for records, uh -huh. and um, so a lot of times I try to get them done by um, Sunday, so I can mm. just. But that's a lot nice. of times, you know, Monday at eleven thirty, I'm still right. editing coughs out, and uh, but it is it's 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 a lot of work. So, oh yeah, it's, uh, and 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 you have sometimes multiple guests on. Yeah, when we get multiple guests, we tie in the music and and uh, yeah, especially when they end up being three to four hour episodes it's yeah. it's a yeah piece, you know <laughs> yeah have you got pushback on the, the people what's yeah. in the feedback about the, well, the it's been it's it's you know it i've learned to take it in take take in what people say and and go with my gut uh because for every person that does complain about the length there's other people that love the length and I just know when I listen to podcasts, if I see one that's a half hour, I won't listen to it. I'm like, how much can you really get into right. in a half? Yeah, yeah, I know. And of course, we go way past that. But, but you know, I, I, you know, as long as it's, I wouldn't even say pertinent, but interesting. Like, you know, I, I love long. Like, if I see a, a three hour Ian interview, oh, I oh, yeah. get all about yeah. it. You know. Yeah, same here. I'll say, I, I just watched uh, that guy Drew Stone. Uh, he's been doing oh, yeah. this, uh, but I just watched his with uh, Mike Gitter before we did this. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, that's guy. your your part of the world. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. But, uh, yeah, I've been I've been meaning to check his stuff out. I still haven't watched the New York Hardcore Con Chronicles. Yeah, right? yeah. He's been getting some good people in there, but um, yeah. But the, yeah, I, I think the long form is good. I. I uh, I don't listen to it anymore, but I, I would listen to it when he had comedians on, but I used to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast mm -hmm. when he would have, there was a few specific guests on there I liked yeah. and 
when they were just kind of shooting the shit and they didn't get into like politics or right his right. wacky like you know conspiracy <laughs> stuff uh yeah. it was interesting and uh yeah and, and that's that was exactly, kind of the idea yeah that's exactly what i thought too yeah. like you know on the same exact way i actually haven't listened to rogan in a while but yeah same thing if if it was a guest i liked or a subject like a guest that talking about a subject that i thought was interesting like i was like oh great yeah bring it on yeah i don't need to hear ben shapiro but you know. <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah yeah and rogan's got yeah he's gotten more extreme as he's gotten yeah he had rollins on rollins on this good i did i did watch that he had uh ray capo ray capo on there when i when i saw that i was like is that really ray capo's gonna be on joe rogan and it was good it was was the whole you know that whole thing about him stopping the guy who was trying to steal his car it's like jesus what a crazy story (laughs) i know yeah um but yeah i think that's cool i think and and so we're talking about on your podcast, so for the listener, I, I highly recommend Brian's uh, podcast, End on End. Um, Thank you. So you'll have a focus on one record, and a lot of times you'll have an interview with someone that was either in the band or involved in that record somehow. But the intro is usually you and uh, your co-host just kind of talking about music you've been listening to or, or just current events and that kind of thing. And uh, I think it's good. I think it's uh Oh, thanks for saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's one area that we, uh, we we're still debating on. Me and him, he he, uh, he wants to tighten it up, and and I'm down for that. That's what we're doing with the with the Patreon thing. We're gonna let that be a little freer for him, but uh, we'll try to curb up our uh, intros because they were they were getting into the. Uh, you know, close to the one hour market at one point. Yeah, yeah I know. <clears throat> I know. I think one of the, uh, Mo, you don't know Mojack episodes. I remember I listened to once. I, I think a lot of times when they do an episode where it's a compilation or something mm-hmm. and they've already kind of covered the songs or a single or something, they'll kind of do yeah, more of like the intro. And then, yeah, because there's not really much to talk about if they're just talking about the same Minutemen song that they've talked about. Uh, I like that. I think that's, uh, I've thought about that with mine to have a, a co-host. So. Yeah. I mean, I would, well, I actually haven't said that I, on the, the lungfish podcast I do. I am. Oh yeah. Let's like, t- yeah. Let's talk about the lungfish podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is still relatively young. I think I've got four or five episodes out now. Anyhow, uh, and that's kind of similar idea to the Discord one, except I'm going song by song instead of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of record by record. Yeah. And it's great because uh, Dan, Daniel Higgs, the uh, singer-lyricist, his lyrics are so so deep and so uh, multidimensional that it really uh, lends itself to having a full conversation. Oh, yeah. With all the themes. Each song, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's fun. That one is called The Unanimous Hour, named after one of their records. And it, it forced, I'm, I'm trying to use it as an example to kind of force myself to try to keep it to an hour each episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so far, I've been lucky. I've been able to talk to people either from Lungfish or related to the band in some way. And then I'll have a guest every episode to talk about one of the songs with. So it, you know, I don't have a co-host on that one, which is a little scary to me, but 
by having a guest to talk about each song with, it kind of takes that place. Cause that's the thing about podcast, unless someone's a great speaker, like I, the, the conversational element is always what draws me in. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as a, as a podcaster, do you, do you have, um, I, I, we were talking about this last night through text about, um, you know, I, I, I don't know many people that personally that do podcasts. So I always kind of want to, have wanted to talk to someone else doing it about you know their sort of how they go about it and yeah. uh, but do you have the methods for if you have a guest on and you, they, you just can't really get them to talk that much or they're they're just very kind of short with you have you had that experience much yet i've had a couple yeah i mean it definitely there's a spectrum you know like like we said there's earlier there's the ones that are either just natural storytellers or that have such a memory that yeah. you know you ask them something and they go for minutes and minutes. But yeah, I've had one or two where the opposite where they'll give like one sentence answer and be done. And that it's really hard. It makes you work. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. And, I've been, oh, go ahead. I don't know. I was going to say, I try, I try now to have like a long list of, because when I first started, I would have like seven sort of general things and then a lot of times i'm you know you run out <laughs> yeah there's like we're like you know 11 minutes in and i'm already five down you know, <laughs> right. and i have one more question but uh i managed to get it done but uh, you know yeah and that's that's one thing that it's hard i get talking to the social anxiety i get that way i mean i always got that way right before playing a show in a band but i get that way even more so before the interviews than the recording the main episode with Jeff. But each time beforehand, I'll be like, you know, I'll have to remind myself they're just a human. Yeah. Even, yeah. even if we only, too, yeah. yeah. And even if we just get a few kind of cool nuggets out of it, it'll be a short interview and that's great. But maybe, you know, there's been ones like, you know, like the first Steve Hanskin interview Jesus, we talked for over four hours that night. It was like, that was so That's cool. crazy. I know, yeah, right? so it runs the gamut, man. And yeah, I try to over-prepare as far as questions. Just like you said, just so that all of a sudden you're not at the bottom of a page. <laughs> and sometimes you don't get to all of them, which is great. Yeah, which That's is good. That's ideal. Yeah, definitely. I know, I, t I usually text my girlfriend almost before every single one i'm nervous about this one or i think uh -huh. the guy's gonna like message me 10 minutes before and go i can't do it you know? oh yeah um, but, have you uh, had that happen before not right before but i've definitely had some uh cancellations and then i i get bummed out and think like oh, this guy's not gonna reschedule and then mm -hmm. uh and then they end up calling me you know or messaging me hey um, i'm ready to you know and you're like oh okay. yep i've had the same thing happen <laughs> and as a matter of fact i know at least one of the one, one of the shows I've listened to of yours, you m mentioned about wanting to have Pete Stahl on from Scream, and and I was hoping to get him for this Scream one we have coming, but we got Skeeter, which is cool. But the first time uh, I interviewed Pete for Still Screaming episode, we did a great interview. It kind of took a while to get him to like feel comfortable to actually start the interview. Then it was a great interview. And somehow I'd lost the recording or erased it. Oh, I had fuck. I had to beg him to do a second interview. Oh, I he was, was really yeah. reticent. And then he finally did. And it turned out great. But 
That's yeah, that was that was cool. a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me with that that first. Uh, I think I talked about that in mine uh, when I interviewed Keith Morris. That very first oh, interview yeah. I ever did. Yeah. When we got home, me and my buddy, there was nothing. So I just oh, I printed God. the interview, but like we just kind of ripped. From your memory, you tried to <laughs> memory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was straight edge at that point, so I, you know my mind was pretty clear. And, you know, I was fourteen <laughs> years old, and we were psyched. So. We kind of remembered most of the stuff, and I was like, "Keith Morris is never going to see this, so he's not going to be like, I didn't say that." You know? I know. I think I think I said thus. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, right? Um, but yeah, it's 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 been it's fun, definitely. Uh, like the Skeeter one, uh, Enoch. Because um, mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll message people, and if you're not friends with someone on Instagram or Facebook, they don't get the message. So yeah. I'll have to maybe go through someone else and be like, hey, do you know uh, exactly. this person? Uh, unless they look in there, I think it's called like the, your message requests or something right, like that. Right. You won't see a message. Um, but when I messaged uh, Skeeter, I got a message back because I was like, he's never going <laughs> to write me back. Like, And then I got a message back from Mary, his, his, his uh, girlfriend, mm -hmm. and uh, she was the one that sort of set it up and it was really cool. Yeah, they're really, really, they're really good cool people, people and they're really yeah. accessible, which is really cool. That's ideal. Like there's been, yeah, there's been some people that I was hesitant to even send something out there for and they get back to you right away. Like yeah. Craig, yeah, Craig, cool, right? Craig from Shudder, I think their, their singer, yeah, who we've got an episode coming up. He was like, like that, which was awesome. I love oh, that's, that. Oh, so he's going to, he's doing it too? Yeah. You know, oh, awesome. Nice. Definitely. Nice. But, yeah, when yeah. I, when I when Mary set it up for me with uh, Skeeter, um, she she messaged me and said, you know, talked about Dave Grohl and he's been asked about Dave Grohl a million times. So you know, mm -hmm. she's like, he loves him and everything. But and I was like, oh yeah, right. I'm, not, I'm a I'm a Scream fan. Yeah, and Dave Grohl was like one in, yeah one yeah one yeah in this forty year history of this band. And you know, if he bring you know he he brought his name up a couple times, but. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm a, a fan of the band, and I have been for since I was, you know, 14 years old. So Dave Grohl is—it's cool that he was in the band, and yeah. I love that era. And I, you know, I love all the eras of the band. But uh, yeah, I wanted to interview Skeeter. Yeah, and talk you're, about, you're about you know, Skeeter and Scream. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, when I uh, when I did talk to Pete. Yeah. Like, I think I don't know if he mentioned it. I think he did. Just that. That he—that's the only thing he asked not to talk about as well. Oh, really? like, Don't that's bring funny. up Dave Grohl, and I didn't the whole entire interview at all. We even talked about that era, but his name never came up. Except he mentioned his name one time, just towards the very end, just just his name of being in the band at some point or or whatever. I don't remember yeah, how. Yeah. Yeah. And he he calls me up like an hour later, like, "Hey, uh, this is Pete. You know, thanks. It was a good interview." I just wanted to say, uh, would you be able, would you be willing to take out that part where I mentioned Dave? Oh, I just, really? I was like, oh, oh wow! Okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've only had a couple people um, ask me to like take stuff out, and uh, you know, I'm obviously always yeah going to do that. I would never put something on here if someone didn't want it um, to fix. Um, what was what was the what's something that you got the most out of from from doing this podcast so far? Um, being able to like dig into like some of these people and getting, uh, it's just satisfying to talk to a, an artist and have them, uh, 
be excited to talk about their art mm -hmm. or whatever. And, uh, you know, 99% of the people I've talked to are excited to do it. You know, there's a right. few people that are just, you can kind of tell they're just kind of going through the motions. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But those ones where I'm sure you know it when you, you get a good one. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, uh, yeah, I love, I love that, you know, and if, if people listen to it and hear it and love it, it's even better, you know. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah, I, I, I've had a few people who will uh, be like, okay, I can talk that day. Um, I can, I can talk for an hour. Yeah. And so we, we, we do the interview and it goes for like two and a half hours because yeah. they're just so in the flow of <laughs> yeah, one yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah and you can and you've probably done enough now where you can kind of tell right away off the bat like mm -hmm. this person's going to be a a, a a good interview you know oh yeah um but I, but then you can tell the, the kind of guarded people i think when i did uh skeeter mm -hmm. i've been trying to get away from doing interviews where i start them immediately with where did you grow up that's mm -hmm. what I was doing with almost the first however many. So I've been trying now to maybe start them with something a little more personal or just right. something a little different. And uh, and I feel like with him initially it was um, he wasn't that comfortable. But then I, I it was I could tell immediately. I think once someone your guest knows that you're actually into their stuff and you kind of know what you're talking about you're not just like so uh you were in a band called lung yeah, you know, Wikipedia yeah, or something. yeah yeah like it's it's uh that's the stuff that i think people want to talk about and so oh definitely uh, but yeah i think that's one of the things i've gotten out of the most is just and just being able to kind of curate my own list of whoever i you know whoever i hope to get on here you know yeah um, yeah i mean just, that's great when you start being able to check off that list and and you know that's something that you've how, you've got kids i don't have kids now oh you don't yeah. uh, well that future generations anyway can be like what was this guy about oh, yeah exactly listen yeah. to 500 yeah. hours of him talking <laughs> I know. yeah no i know exactly yeah exactly yeah i think i think it's a good uh i love this uh format i think it's uh yeah for people and like us that are like just kind of because i love standing around with my friends and shooting the shit about music and uh right so being able to do it with uh either like-minded people or people that i uh admire as musicians or artists is uh as a bonus it's kind of cool that i get i can do that with yeah some of these people, people who's yeah and people whose music or whatever they did you know affected your life in whatever whatever way for however long it's like you, not everyone gets that chance so yeah it's a cool gift one thing i want to ask you is yeah you know that the name is it from the REM song? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, if it's not, I'm going to be really surprised. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably my 30th favorite REM song. You know, I love REM up to a mm -hmm. certain point. And, uh, yeah. But I guess, I, and, and then when I started it, I found out there was another podcast, I think, called Talk About Passion that was like a Jesus, like a religious, uh, podcast. Oh, I, th I think that uh, popped up when I first yeah. typed in your <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that exists anymore. Or it doesn't, <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter. But no, I, th I, I think thought people it, would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I initially, when I started it, I was kind of wanted to just do 
punk and hardcore people. And then I had uh, people that weren't involved in that, like initially go, oh, I'll do your podcast. And uh, I was kind of taking anyone, like I, a friend of mine who was, uh, her husband was, um, works for Philip Glass. So I had oh, him really? on. Uh, oh, one of the- know, I, I saw that listed. I, I'm, I'm fascinated because, you know, I've, I've listened to, some a lot of uh classical minimalist music so oh, okay, i want to yeah. check that one out that was yeah. that was really good because he uh he's a really cool guy and we talked for over two hours about uh he literally grew up not really knowing anything about rock music wow. rock based music and i grew up literally knowing nothing about classical aside from you know some of the stuff i like like you know gershwin or that kind of stuff and uh-huh. uh, mozart or whatever but uh so it was cool to have that conversation with him that's wild yeah Um, that sounds interesting yeah when i when i when i figure out that i definitely like a podcast i go back to the very beginning and and listen in order so that's what i've been doing too yeah 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 i did that with yours i went i started at the beginning and then i went i kind of moved forward that's Um, probably good i would have recommended uh and then i kind of jumped around a little bit and now i've been kind of starting again from yeah early on and, uh, that's what that's what I do with that's what I did with Mojack I and with ones that I like if it's something like a label I'll go to the re- releases I like first yeah exactly yeah and I'll go backward and move move through time if I run out of the ones I like yeah yeah I did that with the 185 South one uh, mm-hmm. he had a lot of uh, he had like Brian Walls be on there oh yeah uh, that was a really good one and then uh, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of Ox- like, Oxnard bands. Right? Yeah, that I didn't really know that much. I knew some of the stuff, but some of the names of the the people in the bands, I didn't really know anything about. And uh, mm-hmm. they, were, they were all interesting. And, and I like their, uh, they kind of do round table type. Uh, I like, yeah, I like, I like those. those I've checked they those do. ones. Yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to have me on. Yeah. It's cool to be on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's kind of why I wanted my friend to interview me. I was like... Yeah. be on one of these episodes she was like yeah you should you have a interesting enough stories yeah. and stuff so um yeah yeah it was cool to hear hear your hear the way the back and forth because also when when someone's interviewing you they're gonna ask and get into some areas that you maybe wouldn't have on your own yeah exactly yeah yeah so. yeah i think she mentioned that we dated <laughs> briefly in that interview oh, did, did maybe she? or maybe so it was no or maybe it was, I interviewed her. So maybe it was, okay. in the, yeah, I think it was probably in the one where I interviewed <laughs> her. Just as funny. Right at the beginning, she's like, well, here's something nobody knows. Like, like, okay. That's uh, funny. That That's so. one thing I asked Skeeter. Uh, I don't ask many people, but sometimes I will. Like, I was like, what's something people don't, don't really know about you? And uh, it was interesting. Cause I think I'll still put it in there, but depends on how long that because it's a really long interview it might go into the patreon part but uh he's like uh talks about being a born-again christian which oh really is, so, oh, wow. oh okay. okay i don't know didn't that. see that but yeah yeah he was a sweet guy i really, I really enjoyed talking to him yeah totally awesome. yeah and he's the kind of guy that's been through a lot but yeah. he's the kind of guy that you kind of root for to come yeah definitely yeah yeah, it's they such just, a good bass player too, man. I know, I know. I, I went, back, and it's funny because in the uh, interview when I did it, he was talking about 
when he was would go back and listen to the first record, he's like, we were so sloppy and this and that. <laughs> when I go listen to that record, I'm like, You're this like, is how? amazing. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Some of the, like, because nobody was playing, like, and, you know, I mean, they weren't really a hardcore band, but um, nobody was playing bass like that in, no. in, on Discord, certainly. Uh, oh, yeah. They were playing, rock. and some of those songs are pretty fast, but they're, like, super technical, you know. Not quite bad brains, but pretty damn close as far as throwing leads in and just, you know, doing all kinds of changes, you know, SOA and bands like that we're not doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So here's, a, here's a, maybe sort of wrap it up. So you said so, your your favorite Rights of Spring album is, well, your favorite Discord record is the Rights of Spring album. Mm-hmm. What would maybe be your top five is that, a, is that putting you on the spot? Yeah, but it's, I like it. Uh, I'll probably give you a different answer on a different day, but you know, right? today, today, right to spring, LP. Oh, God. I know as soon as I say it, I'm going to remember other ones. But um, I think I'd put Can I Say by Diagnosti up there. Yeah. And Out of Step. Um three it's hard because I'm, I'm i think i'm thinking chronologically yeah um oh even though it came out way later the uh one last wish which is a extension of the <laughs> right to spring thing but uh what else it's back so my brain's so in the time period that yeah. of the show right now that, yeah where you um, are in the, yeah I mean, that gray matter, take it back is great, but then I'm leaving out the whole Fugazi catalog, which I know it's tough to do for for that kind of label. Yeah, it is. Um, But yeah, yeah. I mean, Fugazi would have to be in there too. Yeah. Yeah. You like, you like all their, their stuff. Well, I wasn't a huge fan of the argument and end hits was, Oh, I, I liked all right, but everything up to that, I liked a lot. They were a band I, I really miss seeing live. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, I, man. I appreciate you uh, yeah. having me on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, if there's a, a Discord record that you're you're partial to, you're yeah. welcome to uh, to come on and, and do oh, it, yeah. do a do a short thing for. I'd love to. For right? Our show. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to. Maybe one of the. Uh, like one of the shutter ones or yeah, one yeah. of those later ones. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That would be great. Uh, right? See, I already think of like the, the soul side trigger. I didn't or soul put side. In there. Yeah. There's so many good ones. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. cool. All right, man. Awesome. It was good to talk to you. This was great. Yeah. You too. And I'll uh, I'll mention it on our show too that that I, I did yours and give you a little little nod and tell people to come over as well. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah.